Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? So when I say I'm a master juggler, I feel like I deserve the Academy Award for juggling all things, meaning all things work, all things play, all things mommy, all things wife. I deserve the award, Johnny. Yeah, I do. I agree. I feel like I saw you in a different place on social media all week. Literally. I was like, wow, it's a lot going on. Let me tell you, so social media, so if you follow if you follow me on Pregnancy Pearls and the Facebook page of Oh That's Deep, you'll realize social media was a little light this week. But that was because I was busy. So of course last week, aka Boulay was in Orlando, Florida. And so me, my mom, Harrison, and my husband went to Florida. But before that, I did a, an assignment helping a friend in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then we flew from there to Orlando to Boulay. Monday started Boulay. So Monday was a long day for me. I didn't get home until late. And so my mom and James took Harrison and my friend, who is also a sorority sister, her child was there, took them to one of the little water park areas. And then Tuesday, we went to Boulay in the morning and then Epcot in the afternoon. Wednesday was, again, a long day. Thursday, we uh, we got off. We then took the kids uh, to this, call, this place called Wild Safari, Florida. So you could feed the giraffes and, you know, you have an ostrich attacking your car, that kind of thing. And then we got dressed and went to the gala, okay? Now, rewind. Now, that Thursday also started my first meeting as the ACOG Young Physician at Large to the Board of Directors, to the National Board of Directors. So I was literally in a virtual meeting and at Boulay and Kamala Harris came to Boulay and spoke to us. So then I logged off of my virtual meeting and logged back in to my virtual meeting. And then Friday, the first half of the day, I had Boulay. The second half of the day, I was on the board of directors, the American Medical Association, no, American College of OBGYNs, I'm sorry, uh, board of directors meeting. And then Saturday morning at 5 a.m., we flew back 
here. So we've had a lot going on, but you know, it was a really good conference. I mean, a lot came of this conference. AKA has a lot of brand new initiatives. You know, there's a members only credit union. The AKAs have now is the first credit union started um, by a black sorority. Like that's how you build wealth, create an online bank. So everybody's excited about the new rollout from our new international president, Danette Anthony Reed. So I'm excited. So Janine, what have you been doing? Last episode, I know y'all heard Janine say, oh, I have time now. I have more time now. This is what I've been working. I have more time now. Y'all, that was a lie. This girl's still busy. She's busy in these streets. I don't know what Janine defines as more time when I guess it went from none to maybe like just a teeny bit more for her to be able to like pee, poop and sleep now. Okay. So she don't have to work while she's on the toilet anymore, but she still don't have no time. y'all. She's busy. She's busy. By more time. I mean, I've gotten five hours of sleep. No, I take that back. I was going to say consistently every night this week, but that's not true. I have gotten five hours of sleep most nights this week. So I'm actually in a decent place, but I will say this. There are you know, it's not all work, right? Like some of the stuff I kind of volunteered for, like Ken and I have been heavily supporting the campaign of Wes Moore, who is one of the Democratic candidates here in Maryland for governor. And it's really actually exciting because he's the author of the other Wes Moore, which it's interesting how things come full circle because one of my friends had told me about Wes Moore and that he's running for governor. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And I happened to be mentioning it to another one of my friends. And she was like, the other Westmore. And I was like, what are you talking about? Had no idea that he had written this book. You know how you kind of are, I don't want to say halfway in, halfway out, but for me, I don't necessarily vote along party lines just because you are a candidate. That's not how I vote personally. Now, not suggesting that you all vote like me, but that's how I vote. And, you know, I wasn't like, sold or not sold. I was just kind of like on the fence. Not that I wasn't going to vote, but I was on the fence and I just wanted to hear more. And I heard him speak and not like a campaign speech. Like I just heard him speak in a much less formal setting. And I was sold like Ken and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, like he's the one. I think that Ken and I both said that he give like the vibe that you get from him and the messaging that you get from him is very similar to the early messaging of our forever president, President Obama. So Ken and I have been working on that and or supporting that, I should say. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Like, I think that since the last time we recorded, our friend Carl Payne came down to do an event for me. So I am very appreciative of our friend Carl Payne and fellow network member. So Carl Payne, he's been on our podcast, the host of Black Arm of the Law, also on the network. He came down to D.C. and I'm very appreciative. I should stay across D.C. because he's in L.A. to do an event for me. So I'm very, very grateful. So it has been busy, but everything is not work. It's a, it's some fun. You know, um, what's more, you know, obviously I'm not in Maryland, but, you know, when you are at this point, I feel like everybody should be following the social climate, the political climate, because there's so much that's going on. Uh, so you have to know who are the hitters. And the hitters, 
at the local level and not even local, I mean, this is obviously state, uh, are going to be the next people that are going to be running for Senate, right? And presidents and things like that. So it's good to know who they are. But he's a young guy, right? So he's young. He's like a little bit older than us, y'all. I mean, young African-American guy, handsome looking guy, wife looks good too. Family looks good. They look good on paper. So when you say y'all are supporting Wes, I, I mean, are we doing... We doing fundraising dinners and stuff like that. We 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 pass the yeah. collection plate. Yeah. So we've been to a few fundraisers for what one of my very close friends that I actually essentially grew up with. I've known her since high school. Shout out to Tati, and she is actually on his like fundraising committee. So we're friends. I support. I definitely think that that's dope, and I really do hope that when we're all listening to this when this airs on Thursday that. We'll be celebrating and we will be posting something that says, congratulations to us more. So hopefully we will get to post that, Janine. Hopefully. All right, Janine. So what's on your timeline this week? A black woman on socials has gone viral for all of the wrong reasons. So basically an unidentified middle-aged black woman went on TikTok and she went on a rant about all of the things that she felt were wrong with society. And what it seemed to boil down to is traditional gender roles. So you see, it seems that modern blurring of gender roles has somehow vexed this woman's spirit. And she felt the need to get onto TikTok and record a clearly edited down to five minute rant about gender roles. So the rant starts off with a very polarizing comment. And basically she says, women who have dream jobs are a special kind of stupid. Then she goes on to explain that women shouldn't dream of work. Then she says that it used to be that women didn't have to work. All they had to do was their husband's laundry, cook and have sex. And there was no need for work. She then doubles down on this. So this nonsense continues in her mind. So she's not, she's not okay with women should just stay at home, essentially barefoot, pregnant, cooking, and cleaning. But she then says management positions are just for men. Women shouldn't be in management positions because they don't know how to handle power. Because men were created to lead and women were created to follow. And men are smarter and stronger than women. So basically what I'm hearing her say is that men are just all together better and we're just here as some sort of accessory to men. But again, I digress. I will save my opinions for when we have this conversation. So then she triples down and goes full on balls to the wall and says, I'm going to go on record saying if I'm ever in need of any kind of help, do not send a female police officer to my home. Then she says, the only thing a woman police officer can do for her is call a male police officer. Then she goes all the way left, if we didn't think that was bad enough, and she starts talking about how a man invented the epidural. And the hardest thing that women have to do is have babies and go through child labor, but even then, we needed a man to help us get through it. I'm not saying it makes sense. All I'm doing is sharing the information. And then she says, women are running things into the ground. 
And they should be staying at home, doing laundry, and raising the kids. For her, women shouldn't work. But if they do work, they really shouldn't be police officer, firefighter, a pilot, or a surgeon. So Nicole, she says that all you're supposed to do is hand the scalpel to a man. So I just am really interested to know, how do you feel about this, Nicole? Tell, tell me what your thoughts are. I mean, I saw the post or the video, and I didn't know if somebody had paid her to say that. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I had ever heard anybody saying. I don't know what's going on, and I get gender roles, because, you know, I'm a Southern belle, so, you know, I don't do the whole women take our trash and, you know, women do the same exact thing in the household that men do. No, no, no. You're going to take out the trash. You're going to, you know, you're going to mow the line outside. I'm not doing that. But to say that a woman is dumb for wanting to have her own dream job and that's not our role because men or, or should be have managerial or leadership roles is just the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. And if she wants to be like that, if she wants to sit down, lay on her back at night and please her man and fold clothes and wash and do all these things and not get an education, that's her. But don't say that women who choose otherwise are stupid. That's the thing I have a problem with. Don't don't say that we are stupid because we want to have careers. So she going to be looking crazy when the man she's washing dirty drawers of it cheats on her or leaves her for somebody with an education that can actually, you know, help be helpful in the household. That's all I got to say. And no diss to women that decide to be stay-at-home moms or start staying home. That's fine. To each his own. But this woman is just straight ignorant. Y'all should see this video. She's literally on a rant talking about how men should be leaders. When she said a woman should not be a surgeon, she just needs to to pass the scaffold. I'm like, those are completely different jobs. I mean, there are women that pass the scaffold and there are men that do the same thing. So I'm not really sure um, what made her decide to go on social media in this day and age to to talk about it, but it, it angered me to no end, but I, but looking at, it, I was like, this is fake. I mean, she she doing this for likes or doing this to to try to get into the discussion. She wants people to talk about her, you know, because even negative attention is good attention, and I think that that's what she was going for. Must be the attention. I have no idea why she did what she did. I will tell you this: it was very reminiscent of Candace Owens and her rants. But I will say this: I was steaming hot mad, as I stated before. But when I took a pause and kind of broke it down and wrote my thoughts out, I was like, okay, this is this says a lot more about her and where she stands than anything else. So let's break it down piece by piece. And I wrote this out because, well, I wrote some notes so that I didn't forget anything. First of all, she said that, you know, women, she doesn't dream of work. I don't dream of work either. I don't dream of any sort of like, ah, I really just want to work again, right? Love my job, probably wouldn't do anything else at this point, right? But I don't dream of work. Nor would I expect my husband or any other man to dream of work. No one should dream of labor. But we live in a civilized society. And so it is a necessary evil to accomplish our goals and to make social progress. So, no, we're not dreaming of work. But 
we live in a society and we have to contribute. That's kind of like your rent for being a member of the society. Go get a job, girl. Nonetheless, she didn't say she didn't have a job, so I won't say that. The next part. The idea of it is when you find a job that you will like it and you'll be fulfilled and you'll be able to sustain yourself and your desired lifestyle. Now, the idea that we should stay home and cook and clean and have sex, that's work. Let's be honest. Let's be real about this situation. People pay for a chef. They pay for maids. And sex work is the oldest profession in the book. So she can miss me with the idea that I have to stay at home and launder my husband's clothes and cook his meals and lay on my back and make babies because that too is work. Every single one of those tasks that she mentioned, people get paid to do. Okay, so let's go to the fact that today's society, it's not very realistic unless your husband is independently wealthy, that you will be able to have a single income household. Now, there are certain professions where the husband makes enough money that the wife doesn't have to work. But for my friends that I know whose husbands make great money and could sustain the household, they too want things that are more expensive because they now have access to those things. So in order to make sure that they are safe and secure in the financial position that they're in, both parties work. Now, either party could sustain the household by themselves, but they work. Okay. So back to what I said, I don't, it didn't seem, she didn't say that her husband was independently wealthy, but Usually unless your husband is independently wealthy or you're trying to send him to an early grave by overworking him, you probably should get a job, boo All I'm saying. And then, with, let me just address this portion. Her saying that women shouldn't be in management roles. I actually used to have a female supervisor who believed the exact same thing. And all I'm going to say about this is she was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not going to address the men are smarter, stronger comment because I don't address idiocy. I just won't. We all know better. We all know that there are some women who are smarter and stronger, and we all know that there's some men who are smarter and stronger. I'm not addressing it. And then her final point, I kind of feel about her final point where she says, I don't want anybody to, that's a woman to pilot my plane or operate on me or come save me if I'm having an emergency. I feel the same way about this that I feel about white supremacists and racists who say, I'd rather die than to have someone black help me. All I will say about that is, I think we should respect their wishes. That part. Listen, if you don't want me to save you, I'm okay. I'm okay. You roll up in the hospital, you don't want me to save you, even though I took the Hippocratic Oath to save you. What I can't do is force care upon you. So I'm going to document the chart that you decided you didn't want to be cared for. And I'm going to have you sign a little document that says you refuse care. And I'm going to move on by my business because people like that, I just don't, I just, I cannot even give energy to. There's so many other people to help that if that person doesn't want help, then that's fine. Let me back back to the men is smarter comment. 
Candace Owens would never say anything like that. Like, this is like extreme. And I will say, yeah, there are a lot of men smarter than her because she's speaking stupidly. So, yeah, she's right. A man is smarter than she is because she is self-destructive. And it's dumb to be self-destructive. You don't even have survival instincts that you're speaking. You are belittling yourself. That's self-destructive, honey. So yeah, a man is smarter than her. But the bad thing, Janine, is there are people that actually think this. There are people that agree with her that the man is supposed to be the end-all be-all. And that's problematic. In this day and age, in 2022, we have women that think like that. And men too. You know, men are already secretly secretly thinking that they are better, you know, that they are superior. And here you have this woman speaking up, validating those thoughts. She didn't be slapped cross face. I agree, hardcore. And the fact this is this is the downfall of social media. People that should probably think three, four times before their thought comes out of their mouth suddenly have a platform and can just say whatever comes to their head. It's a little nauseating, honestly. Like, isn't it bad enough that our reproductive rights were taken away? That's not enough. Now you have to just double down on this and we have to have women stay at home and lay on their backs for their husbands. But God forbid something go wrong because you can't have an abortion. Okay, I can't. I just can't. I can't even go along with this thought process and continue to talk about this nonsense that she was spewing on the internet. So you ready to go to our let's talk through it segment, Jenny? Let's do it. All right. So uh, one listener writes in, Nicole and Janine, my mom is so old fashioned. Every time I'm in a relationship, she encourages me to quote cater, end quote, to my boyfriend, which is a big reason why she's only met my first boyfriend and now my current fiance. She lives in New York, but came to visit me in Savannah a few weeks ago. While she was here, every time my fiance came over, she told me to bring him something to drink and fix his plate, etc. If we were watching something when he came in, she would turn the channel. Then when he sat down, she'd ask uh, what he wanted to watch. Her explanation for this, he's worked hard today. So I have to make sure he's taken care of when he gets home. I remind her that we both are engineers and she said, I want to stay home and should once we start having kids, but I'm not sure I want that. My fiance says he's fine with both of us working, but he looked like a happy clam when my mom was around talking about my role versus his. He didn't agree, but he definitely didn't disagree either. Ladies, how do I put my mom in her place without being disrespectful? And how do I make sure my fiance is okay with me continuing to work before we get married? Sign, Obioma. Okay, Obioma, I'm going to tell you this. Your mom came from a different generation than you did, and she is not going to change her thought pattern. So what you're going to have to do is have these conversations with your husband. Your mom is going to believe what she believes because that's how she was raised, right? So you're, I would venture that your mom probably is in her 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s, maybe 80s, right? They're set in their ways. Ain't no need to try to change them at this point. What you need to do is make sure that you and your fiance are on the same page. Yeah, okay, if you're at your mom's house and you're around her, it's not going to kill you to cater to your husband a bit and play it up so that you can just get through. You know, we all we all know the family members that we have to do a little bit extra for 
so we can get through the family, get together peacefully. We know what that looks like. Let's not play these games. You're not going to change what she thinks. But what you can do is train your fiance, soon to be husband, for what he should expect from you. Now, there's nothing wrong with catering to him. If you all go someplace, you can fix your husband a plate. We have an episode on that. Who gets the first plate? Go back and listen to that part. We're not saying that you can't do those things. But what we are saying is, you said that you all both are engineers. You go out and work hard every day. Make whatever boundaries and or responsibilities that you both are comfortable with. Set those guidelines in your household. That's all. You don't need to change your mama. Now, if your mama's running off at the mouth and making you all uncomfortable to the point where you can't coexist in the same space, then I would suggest addressing it and letting her know that you are married and your household and what goes on between you and your husband, you would prefer if she didn't interfere. I was going to tell you to tell her it's not any of her business, but you said respectfully. So respectfully, what we will say is you would prefer that she not interfere. And then if she continues to interfere and continues to interject herself in things where you're uncomfortable, that's when you're going to have to set some boundaries for mama. Now, she's probably going to feel uncomfortable. It might even cause you all not to speak for a little while, but she'll get over it. Because the one thing that I know about boundaries is people are usually uncomfortable with them to begin with. But once you provide boundaries and clear expectations with both parties, they either live within the boundaries or they stop doing whatever it is that you are frustrated by because they're no longer in your space. So I would suggest try avoiding the interactions with your mother that are causing you to be uncomfortable. And if she continues to butt her head in, then have a talk with her. Have a talk. What do you think, Nicole? So, uh, Obioma, I, you know, one, just by your name, I know that your your mom, at least your mom, probably is Nigerian, right? I don't know if you're Yoruba. I don't know if you're Igbo. I don't know. But I know that that name is Nigerian, okay? So I will say this. Culturally, there's something there about Nigerian men being the manly men and the woman being a little bit more subservient. Now, I don't know if your fiance is also, uh, you know, ethnically the same as you. So I don't know if you're marrying a Caucasian man, if you're marrying an American black man, if you're marrying a Nigerian man. I don't know. She could be Chinese for all I know. But I know that your mom, who is probably Nigerian, is is going to be set in her ways of catering. Me being from the South, my mom and my family are also set in the ways of, you know, this male versus female gender roles in terms of catering. You know, do I fix my husband a plate? When we dated, definitely. I mean, even when he told me he didn't want me to fix him a plate, I'm like, wait, wait, what am I doing wrong? Why don't you want me to fix your plate, right? Because I'm used to seeing women in my family fix the male's plate, okay? We fix their plate, they sit down, we fix our plates, and then we sit down. Like, that is what we're used to doing because, you know, as a Southern woman, I like to see my man eating. I don't know what it is. It's something psychological. It's just like, I like for him to say my food tastes good. I like to cook. I like, that's the stuff I like to do, okay? Now, everybody is not like that. And obviously, my family is not telling me not to work. But my mom is going to be the same, okay? My mom is old school. Even this weekend when she was with us in Orlando, 
So a friend of mine and my family, we basically went in on this home, okay? And we split the cost of it. And my mom was telling my friend, because my friend was like, oh, I, you know, I have to suck in, suck my stomach in for pictures. Mom was like, you know, my mom said, you should always suck in. You should walk with your stomach sucked in, okay? You should always wear shapewear. You should always. And you should, you should suck in. You know, even when I don't wear a lot of makeup, but mom was like, you should always wear makeup. You should always come out of the house with makeup. But that is the, you know, Southern thing. You know, you got, you got to always look flawless because you never know who you're going to meet. You know, don't ever let somebody see you shaking, you know. Meaning if you're going to have on sweatpants, you better have on shapewear under the sweatpants. You know, suck it in. You know, my mama taught me. You know, a man can deal with big hips and a big butt, but he can't deal with no big stomach. So you need to suck it in, right? That's their mentality. And you can't entertain that. You know, I'll joke with my mama and say, my husband know he signed up for, he going to sit with me regardless of how much weight I gain, right? Which is, which is true. But for her, there's a certain way I need to carry myself. And there's a certain amount of catering I need to do for my husband. Now, likewise, he needs to do that certain amount of catering to me. Now, his catering is going to look different than my catering. So I'm saying all this to say, let your mama talk. Let her talk. I do believe in spoiling your husband. I am a spoiler. Spoil your husband and treat him well, and he will spoil you and treat you well. So then you both spoil each other. Okay. As long as you have a conversation with your husband to say, or fiance, before you get married, because you want to know that kind of stuff before you get married. Are you going to think, expect me to give up my career when we get a child? Okay, you're not? Okay, let's talk about who is taking off when little Timmy gets sick from school. Are, are you going to expect for me to do that every time? Can we, are you open to hiring a nanny? How are we going to share childcare responsibilities? You know, there's too many people that don't have this type of conversations before they get married. Then they get married and they're like, oh, I didn't realize he wanted me to sacrifice my job when the baby got sick and I have to take off so I can't be get promotions because I take off too much. Well, those are the conversations that you need to have. Or we share responsibility. Hey, this month I got something to do at work. I can't, I can't be the person taking off. You know, do we have backup family that can be the person going to the school to check the child out? If the child has a field trip, who's going on the field trip this month versus going on the field trip next month? You know, those kind of coordinated conversations need to be had. But as long as your husband is on the same page or fiance and he's okay with both of you guys working to build a powerhouse together, then whatever your mama says, it really doesn't matter. And you really don't have to address that with your mom. Do, do I think that you should do the things your mom asks you to do? when you are in front of your husband. I think that there can be some of that all the time, right? If you fix your husband a plate, he can reciprocate and fix you a plate sometimes. There's nothing wrong with catering to your husband. So I don't think there's anything wrong what your mom is telling you. I think that if y'all are working in the same job, I know y'all are both engineers, but if y'all are working in the same job and getting off at the same time, well, no, you shouldn't be turning the channel asking him what you want to watch. What do we want to watch together, right? What are we going to eat together? You know, some of that can be compromised. But if you know your mom is there and you've taken off the whole week and he's going to work, then yeah, it's okay to, when he gets home, to pause for a second and say, how was your day? Do you need something to drink and let me fix you a plate? I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you've taken off time to spend with your mom. The other reason that you don't need to actually like, let me put my mom in place. Your mom lived way up there in New York. She probably only coming down once a quarter to visit y'all. So appease her while she's there. 
And if you're taking time off work and he's going to work, then she's right. You need to pause. Same thing. If his mama's coming in town and he's taking off time to spend with his mama and you going to work and you coming home, you're going to expect for them to pause and say, hey, how was your day? Hey, do you need something to eat? Can I order you something to eat if he's not cooking? You're going to expect for whoever is at home when you get home to check on you. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I would not address my mom. I would make sure you and your fiance are on the same page because that's who you married. That's who you're going to be sleeping with. You're not going to be sleeping with your mama. Okay, Nicole. So my letter's an interesting one. This one says, Nicole and Johnny, I love the podcast. Thank you for being voices of sanity in this chaotic world. I'm writing because I want some advice from one church girl to two others. Here's what my issue is. Recently, my lifelong pastor passed away after a battle with cancer. Now, his wife has taken the helm as senior pastor. I don't think it's right. While I was okay with her preaching occasionally, and even more often when pastor got sick, I'm not okay with her being senior pastor. I mean, she has been full on preaching and taking on pastoral duties as a woman, and that is not okay. I believe in the Bible, and 1 Timothy says, let the woman learn in silence with all submission, and it also says, I do not permit women to teach or have authority over men, but be in silence. Our church is divided, but I don't understand why this is even the debate. The scripture is explicitly clear. Ladies, I don't want to leave the church, but I may have to because I know this is wrong. Please help Carol. Okay, Carol. You know, I... I don't even know where to start with this because this is your interpretation of doctrine. You know, my husband is a Baptist minister. He's an ordained Baptist minister and he is national Baptist. Of course, you know, there's all different type of Baptists, you know, the Southern Baptist, First Baptist, there's a whole bunch of Baptists. He's national Baptist, which is basically a big black Baptist uh, organization. And there are a lot of people in the Baptist faith that don't believe that women should be in the pulpit, okay? Even within the National Baptist um, Association, they don't believe women should be in the pulpit. I am not one of those people that believe that. Uh, My husband has told me before that his former pastor, the pastor that ordained him, did allow women to be in the pulpit. He allowed associate pastors to be women. Now, the question is, Can that woman lead the church or does she have to stay in the role of associate minister? And I don't really know the answer to that. Okay. You have to follow your heart. If you feel like the head is is a man because that's what is written in the Bible, okay, that the man was there to lead and the woman is the helpmate. And so the leaders of the church should be a woman, I mean, if you should be a man, then that's your belief. And if that's your belief, go to a church that also believes in that. You don't have to stay at that church if it's something that you are really passionate about. But at the same time, there are many women that have been used as vessels for the Lord. And 
their rationale, even though in the Bible, the man was the leader, is that God is the head of the church. And so for a woman to be pastor, it's still not led by woman. Okay. I'm just telling you all kinds of theories. I believe that a man or a woman can lead a church. Okay. That's just my belief. And that's my belief, even though I was raised Catholic and only men can be priests. Okay. Everybody interprets the doctrine different. That's going to be up to you to have your own come to Jesus meeting with yourself. And if you decide that you want to be at a church that only allows men in the pulpit, there are a plethora of churches that are out there to do that. So leave that church and go somewhere else and do that. At the end of the day, they're not going to ask you, are you, were you a believer and that you heard the word from a woman in a pulpit or not? They're going to say, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? And do you believe that the Lord is your savior? Okay. You're going to be asked your own beliefs. And it's not a belief in man. It's a belief in Jesus as a savior. Okay. So all of the other things are semantics. And I think that that's why we have so many churches today, because there's so many people that are divided about how they interpret the doctrine. And so you have Christianity under this big umbrella and you have all these different type of Baptists, right? So it can't even be Christian and then Catholic and Protestant. No, it's Christian, Catholic, Protestant, and then under Protestant is this type of Baptist, this type of Baptist, this Pentecostal, this, I mean, it's all these different denominations under this religious umbrella because of how people interpret the doctrine. So I don't want to go into who's right and who's wrong because what's important is your belief in Jesus Christ. When you talk about under the Christian umbrella. I agree. And let me say this. I'm by no stretch of the imagination denouncing any religion. I will say that. I think that religion serves its purpose. And I think that religion is, again, necessary for a civilized society, right? You have to have something to hope for, dream of, keep you in line, all of the above. But coming as probably now third, fourth generation of Pentecost from a family of Pentecostal preachers, specifically Kojic, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal preachers, let me be very clear. Even the Kojic church in and of itself has division where some people believe that women should still have a covering and that we've never had a, a, a female bishop and so on and so forth that I, that I know of, right? But there are still people who believe there's a space for female pastors. I will go into that in a bit. Let me go back to something that you said really quickly. One of the things that, that bothers me is when we can't separate scripture from doctrine. Now, according to doctrine of whatever religion, you didn't tell us what religion denomination you're a part of. That's the doctrine that you, your church believes clearly that a woman should be allowed to be in the pulpit. Hence the reason that she has now taken on the responsibility of being senior pastor. Now, like Nicole said, if you do not agree with said doctrine, there are probably more churches than not that agree with your thought process. However, I don't agree. And what I have a bigger problem with is your use or the, the scripture that you use to back your or justify your belief. Now, let me go for a second. Now, by no means am I going to say that I'm a Bible scholar, but there are some things that I do know. So let me go back to this first Timothy that you kind of referenced, right? So first of all, 
First Timothy is a letter from Paul to Timothy. And the letter is written from Paul to Timothy to address the corrupt leaders in Ephesus. So let's talk about this. It was a very specific letter to Timothy to address a very specific church and the corrupt leadership in that very specific church. So the fact that you are now extracting this particular scripture to justify something that you don't agree with in church, we can't cherry pick scriptures and the meaning. So let me go back and give a little bit more of explanation. So Paul addresses the men and their corrupt teachings and how they were teaching things that did not go along with the belief of the church. So what their doctrine would have been and how they were trying to corrupt people. And then he addresses the women. And let's be very clear. The women that he's addressing in this particular letter to Paul are women who were super ostentatious and they were somehow demeaning the people who did not have as much wealth as they did at the time, right? And these same ostentatious women, some of those women were usurping the power of leadership that existed and subsequently they were spreading or perpetuating the negativity and the misinformation that the corrupt leadership was disseminating. So the reason why he said that these women should sit in silence is because what they were saying and the manner in which they were getting their power was incorrect. It was out of order. And the reason why they should sit in silence is because what they had to say was the same corrupt message that he was referring to that the men needed to stop perpetuating. This wasn't about gender roles. Now, people like to say like, oh, it's about gender roles. It was not about gender roles. It was about specifically about the women and men and the corruption in this particular church in Ephesus. So I'm almost done with this good Bible lesson I'm giving y'all. So people like to come back and say, well, then he talks about Adam and Eve and he tells the story about Adam and Eve and how the woman corrupted the man and made him eat. Okay, well, pause. This was used as a comparison of how both men and women can be corrupt. If you look at the story of Adam and Eve, the woman was corrupted by the serpent and then subsequently spread that misinformation to the man and influenced him to do what? Eat the said fruit, right? It's a comparison. It's not saying that women should not be in charge, but you can believe what you want to believe because guess what? We all have that right to believe what we want to believe. But what I don't want us to do is continue to be like the woman of Ephesus and spread false information. Okay, Pookie? That's what we're not going to do. So I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I go to a Kojic church that the pastor is a woman and my Nana was a pastor. She also was a woman. So I'm probably not the right one. I'm more along the lines of, or my belief is more along the lines of if God can use a donkey, then he can most certainly use a woman. That's all I got to say. And can we just take the scripture for what it is and not try to manipulate it for what we would like it to be? Okay, I'm done with our Bible lesson. Well, people have been doing this switcheroo of the scripture since the beginning of time. Sometimes Bible stories are just that. They are stories, they are examples of the works of Christ and the disciples of Christ. Okay, we need to leave them there. Don't forget that back in the day, the Bible was used to justify slavery. Okay, if you think back to uh, Ephesians 6, 5, and 8, 
when the slaves were told to obey their masters. I mean, they were using this to get the slaves to be obedient and not uh, rebel. Okay. But then, uh, you know, fast forward, it was also used to say slavery was wrong, right? Because it's a form of evil because the slaves did not consent to being slaves. So it's all of it is up for interpretation at the time that you interpret it by the person that's interpreting it. But if you are passionate about those beliefs, again, go somewhere where you feel comfortable serving the Lord. Go somewhere where you feel comfortable, but don't twist and make it seem like people are evil because their interpretation of the Bible is not the same as your interpretation. So you believe in a different doctrine than they believe in. Remember the big picture of Christianity is the belief in Christ. Can I just make one more point, Nicole? If we're cherry picking scripture in that same chapter, it also, Carol, because I would like to call you by your name, Carol, it also states in that same first Timothy that we should not adorn ourselves with gold or pearls, I believe. And if I'm not mistaken, it also talks about us braiding our hair. So Carol, I just hope if we are being so literal with the scripture that you ain't never had braids in your hair, that you don't wear gold and that you don't adorn yourself with any jewels or accessories. I don't remember the exact scripture, so forgive me, but go into first Timothy. I believe it's chapter two, like verse nine, maybe 10. And I believe it also speaks of that in first Peter. So can we really just, if we're taking things literally, let's not wear braids, let's not wear gold, let's not adorn ourselves. But if you're going to adorn yourself and wear braids and wear gold, then I'm pretty sure that the Lord can use a woman to deliver a message. So Jenny, what did you learn new this week? So what I learned is that according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics in the U.S., and this is of 2019 because we don't have any more recent data, 57.4% of women participated in the labor force, a.k.a. that means they work. So 57.4% of women work. That's more than half of us. And I would venture to say that the other half probably worked too. All I'm saying. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? Okay, so similar to your statistic, I learned from the Institute of Family Studies, or IFS, that 46% of married women whose husbands make more than 250000 stay at home. Now, you would think, hey, the more money you make, the more likely the woman is to stay at home. But au contraire, that is not true. Because interestingly, that same study found that 35% of women whose husbands make less than 25000 also stayed at home. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, that doesn't make any sense how they're surviving, right? Because I was thinking the same thing. And it's almost like a U-shape. So you got the extremes. People that are making over two fifty k their wives stay at home. Men that are making under twenty five k their wives stay at home. And the people that are between 25000 and 249000 they have lower rates of people staying at home, okay? As low as basically 29, 30% versus 35 and 46%. Now, some of the theories that were thrown out there was, hey, when you get, when you, you know, basically um, birds of a feather flock together. So if you have a high earning man, most likely he's going to have a higher degree 
or multiple degrees or higher education level. He's also going to marry somebody else that has higher education level. So they're both going to be high earners. But once you get to the point where her career doesn't make as much money as his career and his career is making basically twice as much as hers, then she can afford to stay home. So she does. Versus the people that are making less than 25000 I thought, why would they want to bring two, two incomes into the household? Well, the theory is once childcare gets to be costly, because if he's a low earner, the nine times out of 10, she's also going to be a low earner. And if what she makes is going to all go to childcare, then she might as well stay at home. You know, you don't work and I'm just going to continue to work and then we can get more money back on our taxes. That's the theory behind that. So I learned something new this week. All right, Janine. So you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Ladies, you can be who you want to be and do whatever it is you want to. If you believe your place is at home and your man should be the provider, then that's fine. If you think both of you should be moving up the corporate ladder, that's fine too. If you like it, I love it. But don't project your belief of gender roles on others. Keep your business in your own household. If you're happy with how your house is managed, then that's all that matters. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.